Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just got done watching season six, episode four, entitled Book of the Stranger. Stranger Danger. What'd you think? You know, uh, I got a couple thoughts right off the bat. Uh, number one is I bet you could tell, you could probably play my part on this podcast. You know exactly all the things I want to say. Mostly. Number two is this might be the longest instant podcast we've ever recorded. Really? Are, 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 are you up for an hour long instant podcast? Definitely not. <laughs> are you going to kick me out of the studio? <laughs> Live and on camera. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll edit it after the fact. And no one will okay, so before I start, I want you to go. What did you think coming from a show watcher first perspective? What did you think of this episode? Uh, I like this episode. I like that Tyrion had a little bit more. Now, there's a quite a bit of a catch in your voice when you said you like. Are... There, there are some slow parts. Uh, oh, okay. Parts that oh, I'm not super interested in. Uh, I, I don't know, but overall, yeah, I think it was a really strong episode. Hmm. Like there was a lot of uh, a lot of the Tyrion stuff I liked. Um, the Danny stuff at the end, obviously, I liked. Yeah. Only talked about there. Um. Little fingers back in action. He's 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 got his finger and it's in everybody's pies yeah. and 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 uh, Royce's uh, eyeball. Uh, the, the thing that I'm not super happy about is how long it's kind of taken to get the ball rolling on the Cersei hmm. uh, high sparrow thing. Right, right. Kill all the sparrows. Uh, yeah, and so I guess it's not what, so much a complaint with this episode as uh, this kind of first arc of the season. Yeah, but I felt. I mean, I feel you since they've they've essentially told that part in like five minute mini segments. And we knew what was coming, right? I mean, we all but I, I she wanted revenge. Sure, violence. But I do like the fact that. Um, I you know I like the fa- I essentially like the fact that you've got the sparrow making an honest claim after Tommen's heart and how they've kind of set that conflict up that like well what if you lose like you know what a catastrophe this is going to be not just well I mean that's the thing it's like the way Lady Olenna spun it is like well if, if there's going to be lots of people die I'd rather it be them than us so it's like are they they're really confident that they can take all comers I think so yeah and I feel like I guess that's true too like unless large parts of the Lannister army turns traitor or something like I can't imagine them not winning against the rabble of the street right I, I, I can't imagine that no no the, the people of the street are just not equipped no like I don't care how many barricades as this is not the French Revolution. This is going to yeah. be a slaughter. It feels like I don't know. It feels like it. But then it's like you know, is this show going to zig? We expected to zag. Maybe it's going to have a stiff uh, civil war, public resistance. With, I, I don't know. Um, so that was Except with Ramsey. I felt a little pointless. A little mm. pointless. You know, it does away with Asha, but that's really all it does. Yeah, but I think a lot of people were, I mean, God, that that he murdered like half the theories we talked about in the Tinfoil podcast last week. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, What's going on? Asha's going to be, yeah, she's yeah. going to go start slicing people up. She's going to pull a, you know, a Theon. Nope. Right. Nope. Ramsey is, right. as, as dumb as Ramsey is, he's not that dumb. No. And I like how they brought it back around to what, you know, just when he broke Reek. Yeah. Broke Theon. Uh, I actually think I liked this episode a lot better than you did, even. Even better than me? Because I tell you what, I got really emotional with all the John and Sansa stuff. Like, them hugging in the beginning. Like, I felt that was a genuine fucking moment. And I don't know how they're going to get there from... I mean, we're... 
it, it's so weird because that letter that John gets from Ramsey is one of, is actually in the books the thing that causes the Black Brothers to rebel against him because he gets that letter. He's like, "Fuck this! I'm going Winterfell with as many Black Brothers and Wildlings that will join us." And they're all like, "Oh, well, this is this is the straw that broke the camel's back," or I guess the two before. So it's weird like there's this like time warp where we're just catching up to that but where the Sansa and Jon stuff I assume it's going to happen in the books but like it was just a really great moment and then Sansa kind of I mean I felt like she leveled up in this this episode uh, you know she was talking about how that they have to do you know they have to reunite the north or they have to free the north from the Boltons and if he won't help her she will she'll do it by herself and then that final so- scene where she grabbed his arm and said there's a monster yeah that's great in, in our house like we can't let this happen and yeah right. but, she's had first hand experience with it I, and I, every single time that happened I got chills and like really genuine emotions and I was surprised because you know at the beginning of the series I guess I didn't feel much about Sansa and her apologizing for what a shit she was to John. Like yeah. I thought that was really great. Uh, apparently, I'm, so I, you know, I catch a few minutes of the inside the thrones, thing. and apparently this is the first time they've been on screen together. Hmm. The history of the show said by the Double D. I mean, I couldn't. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't swear time. it, but yeah. No, they would. So. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Right. They were never on screen back in season one, Winterfell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a big moment for both of them. Certainly, I mean, John, like, I, and I understand everybody's convictions here, right? John sure. Doesn't want any more any part of this. I mean, that scene he fought to the death and lost. And, that's right. Like, I can all the things he rattled life. off about the fight. I was like, holy shit! When yeah. you say him off like that, that's a lot. That's and a lot. Coming from the other side, you everybody understands where Sansa's coming from. And when, and I think even John at the end, where like when he was repeating. You know the Lord of Winterfell, and he—he's like it. It was pissing him off just saying it. Right. Right. Yeah. He, he feels some kind of loyalty to Winterfell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's not feeling the same thing she's feeling. He's yeah. Making a different call. So it feels like what they're just going to go on a recruiting circle yeah. through the the, the North. Day. They need at least at least four. I don't know, I and mean, then they got Assault Winterfell. Who? They need more than five K. Yeah. They're gonna. They're performing a siege here. Right, and that's like I I forget where it, whether it's in the books or the show, but they said something like you know like you, people can defend Winterfell like at fifty to one ratio. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, then they're gonna need a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying part that was always said kind of like boastfully, like you know, like I don't know if it's really, but but still, I've played. Oh, John knows the John knows Winterfell better than any. Sure. Alive sure. No, I played. I've played Risk. I know that it's easier to defend than attack. I mean, Absolutely. that's that's some serious military you get the insight. Dice, the dice tie advantage. I mean. Of course, and that adds up. That's like. <laughs> That's, that's like a what twenty percent advantage, fifteen percent. Uh, an advantage. It's an advantage. It's decisive, decisive, and decisive uh, advantage. Uh, okay, that's enough board game based humor. The rest of the hour. This is just going to be and bad board games. <laughs> off board games that you only played if you're a huge nerd in high school. Uh, okay. The other thing I like about let's before we leave Winterfell or the Castle Black. Sure. I want to talk about Brienne and Melisandre because. <sighs> Oh my god, that's a great scene. Uh, can we talk about up and menaces Melisandre? Sure. Can we talk about Brienne and Tormund? Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. 
Our coverage of Ha D, Fire and Blood, and the 1980s Shogun miniseries continues. But then on Tuesday, for the first time in 35 years, we asked a question. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Hop aboard the train to Toontown as we revisit this incredible blending of live action and animation to see if it still holds up all this time later. Then on Wednesday, we get our first look at Blake Crouch's mind-bending sci-fi series, Dark Matter. The first two episodes drop simultaneously on Apple TV+, and we'll have a pair of podcasts quantumly linked ready for you to observe. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. He looks like he's got another giant he wants to slay. I think so. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if she's intrigued or terrified. I could I could read either in her performance. Yeah. yeah but I don't God, know how that's going. It was so great her just looming over Melisandre and Davos. Like mm-hmm. she's like the physicality of her perform or her performance is so amazing in scenes like that. Cuz she could just grab their heads and smash them again like a coconut and would probably be entirely in the right. And Davos is like, "Hey, it's in the past." Yeah. Like, she's going to hit him with a stick, Rafiki style, and say, well, that's his too, motherfucker. Um, yeah, great. Uh, a lot of a lot of old threads coming back. Are you So, were you frustrated or intrigued by the way that Melisandre dodged Davos' question about what happened to the Princess Shireen? Uh, she got, she got a little help. Well, I know, but do you, that's what I'm saying. Like, did you feel cheated? Able to juke that question much longer because, like, there was a little bit. There's a little bit of impatience last week in some of the feedback in the podcast about that, and I feel like, boy, if you're already simmering on that, this might boil you over. That, that I was like a don't even address it honestly. Like, Dave, Dave, really? Davos doesn't find out. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's in the past, right? If he wants to not be a hypocrite, well, that's true. The opportunity to find out. That's true. That's true. And I'm hoping, like, Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Gwendolyn Christie, as if that's the actor. Brienne. The actor's name, or, or the character's name. Brienne. Uh, I feel like she comes in and she kind of squashes that a little bit by saying, uh-huh. I saw what happened. Sure. Uh, just like I swore I'd do because of you, Melisandre. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I, I hope it... They either address it very soon, like next episode. Or just drop it. Yeah. Okay. All right. What do you think, uh, speaking it's of... not that interesting of a thread to me. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, he loved this girl, but what's he going to do? Yeah. Uh, with another homecoming here, uh, Theon goes back to the Iron Islands. Love that scene. Great scene. Alan Alfie, and I'm sorry, I don't know Yari Yaria's... Uh, the actress name? The actress I don't know either. Uh, they were both amazing in this scene, though. I thought she was like I believe that she could be the king of the Iron Islands or the queen, whatever they'd call it, the Salt King. I don't know. Sure, uh, I I was thoroughly impressed by that scene, probably more than any other in the episode. <sighs> Boy, I don't know. Um, I just like how like righteously angry she is about the whole thing. Yeah, and like how sorry and and unable to apologize, and how she doesn't even want to hear the apology. She just wants him to stand up. For himself a little bit yeah like this is not like you're still not comporting yourself like an iron islander what the fuck there's just like this really good knot of emotions there that's that there's so much going here's on. the thing I love it the only thing and, and the only thing that brought it down for me is like i don't know what theon brings to the table because he was a foppish dandy before he was tortured and broken as a human being right 
how how does that train you to be the kind of hand of the queen that you would need to be to actually help her? I don't know. That confused. Like your your skill set is to the ability to withstand enormous amount of pain and to sleep with dogs. Would he have any? Kind and to of... jump off a castle wall when you're ready to give up everything. <laughs> like I I don't know how that like that the you know Tyrion comes to the Iron Island. Okay, you can help. Yara. Oh. Theon comes. I don't like again, it'd be one thing if he was I guess he was Rob's kind of right hand man, but boy, that that car swerved off the road and flipped over and exploded. So like and I I but right. I don't know, I just ever always considered Theon a lightweight and kind of an idiot. And no sure. le- and no true leader either. Let let me ask you this. I and I don't know if you can even answer this. It yeah. might be a mildly interesting question, but I can't imagine I don't know at this stage about the King's move. Okay. Oh, fuck. You you did find the one thing that I'd have to... Right. Uh, So, maybe this will be mildly interesting. Uh, Dug a a grave for that mildly interesting way too soon, it seems like. Does he actually get any kind of vote? If he doesn't want to actually be king, would he get some kind of vote and cast a vote for her? Uh, I think you should wait to see the king's mood. It's coming. So, like, I, you know, like, I... Uh, I could probably give you a detailed that answer, but speculation. Like, yeah, that he has some kind of sway uh, mm-hmm. that might help her in this Kingsmith thing, As, assuming he doesn't want to be king. He doesn't seem to. I don't know. He's got nothing swinging between the legs. I don't know about swaying, and that's going to count for a lot. That's just that's just cheap. That's a tear. I know. I know. Oh, look at me. Because you got no cop. Look at me. What? Look at me. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just saying Iron Islanders are not even liberal by Westeros standards. That's true. So, uh, yeah. They're they're like the neo-Nazis. Can we go over to Tyrion? Of Westeros. To... Sure. Sure. Because I, I have a lot of questions about Tyrion and what's going on here. Okay. Clearly, Missandei and Grey Worm are not on the same page with Tyrion. For, at least in their hearts. And they're hard. They are willing to line up behind him politically. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. They gave, like, really good political answers to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they are clearly not on board. Do you think it's because they believe, like, you, you're right, their heart doesn't want to go along with it, but their heads know that what he's saying? Right. I mean, they, they both want things that he can't give them in the moment. Sure. Um, and, and I think, you know, it, it holds a lot of power. It holds a lot of influence over them that Danny was the one who accepted Tyrion in. I mean, the th- big question is, like, okay, these guys pledged to get rid of slavery in seven years, or what? Right. Or they're going to take seven years to rebuild their financial systems and their armies and their mercenaries and, it's like... It's stalling tactic, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's always the kind of appeasement argument. But on the other hand, um, I guess that's only a valid argument if you have the power to take them out, too. Like, if you're kind of at relatively weak levels, then postpone i mean i don't know i i'm no i'm not a statesman i don't i'm not a master foreign policy um i can't tell if this is simple or wise or realistic i like it though there's a lot of markers here that say Tyrion might be in over his head he might actually not understand the situation as well as he thinks he does possibly but i also think this is kind of the story of like miss sandy and gray worm uh, there's a lot of what the wise master said in that scene that was true that you know you guys are just serving another master you're not really engaged with this other than you know at a purely visceral oh this woman freed us so we're going to help her free other people which is all fine and good but I wonder if this is kind of like their origin story as far as becoming interesting characters in their own right yeah it could be 
Like she's she's the mouth of Danny, and he's her arm. Yeah. Like, can they be more than that? Can they actually become like like Marine needs statesmen, elder statesmen um, of this slave class of people to make this experiment work? Um, and maybe that's what we're seeing. I think that's yeah. that's super much more interesting than a, like a will they won't they brother asexual sister oh, right. kind of you know what I mean? Except what's not doing for him. No. And there's like I I wonder what the hell if that will actually be significant or if that was just a like what the fuck kind of character building moment for them. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, the other thing about about this situation. That- has a better handle on the situation oh sure say oh i was a slave for a day and a half that that was stupid yeah understand it right he says no you don't understand it but maybe that wasn't him like you know actually trying to say that i get what being a slave is i don't know i think him saying look i'm on i want to do right by you guys I think there's, I think it's an, like, you know, I came around to that scene last week where I initially didn't like it of him just flopping in the small council meeting or whatever the Danny equivalent is. And I eventually came around to that, like, okay, well, that's a story of Tyrion being out of his element element culturally. Here he's a bit more in his element because he's got actionable intel and influence and he's, but that's still that cultural insensitivity or ignorance is showing through. So, but it's getting better. I mean, he actually won, like, the hearts and minds of, like, people he absolutely has to win. And I'm talking about Grey Worm and Missandei here. Right. So, no, I thought that was pretty good. Again, I don't know if it's... Shit, I'm not a diplomat, but, uh, you know, that's... Uh, make you don't you know you know I forget who is that like a actual quote in the, I feel like I, I've heard that as recently as like the this last season of the um, oh the one the same says yeah the serial podcast about the like you don't make peace with your friends you make them with your enemies no. I mean, that's a great that's a great quote because it's sure. it's always you know when you're negotiating you know if this was just a hey you know you take this I take that kind of thing you wouldn't actually be at a table with formal rules and yeah people storming out so yeah I don't know. At that point, I thought she was going to bust out a Tyrion quote. Sure. Previous. Sure. Scenes. I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like, but I hear the seven years and I think, oh, this is just a bunch of bullshit until I see a concrete. Like, what are you going to replace the slave trade with in seven years? Yeah. Right. Going to start planting sorghum? It's going to be a sorghum-based economy. Yeah, and it's it's weird that they didn't ask that. They didn't inquire. Sure. A little deeper on this. But, I I mean, they're playing. They're, 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 there's a fine line there because they don't want to be like the Phantom Menace and like, what's all this trade agreement? And planet it's like, you know, it's like if you get too much of that in your fantasy, people are like, what the fuck? I came here for the dragons and the swords and now I'm getting, you know, treaties and right, civics but, lessons. But they clearly show that that's the end of the meeting. Like, if they cut away from it. Yeah, and, like, sure. The idea that maybe they talk more, but or, or maybe that that's be part of the ploy here. Like, these people are really smart and Grey Worm's right to be concerned Tyrion thinks he's cowed these people, and he hasn't. Well, also, maybe anyway. Tyrion's stalling as well. Like, hey, I'm going to continue working with these dragons. I'm going to hope Danny comes back. Absolutely, he's doing that. Yeah. So, like, there's a little bit of, like, it's it's time on, is is not on his side, and maybe he's trying to swing it to his favor. Yeah. But it's it's it's, it's cool. It's more interesting than him trying to get a couple of mutes to talk for a 10-minute sure. scene. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it a lot more. Okay. Uh, what about Danny? Do we wait, wait, wait? Let's go to Littlefinger first, because oh, I so was Littlefinger corny or cool for you? Because the way he had, he was awesome. I thought he was too, because they've established what a crazy nut job this Robin guy is. Now, uh-huh. I don't know that they've sold. You got to swallow that that 
Peter has done a lot of buttering this kid up yeah. off camera. Yeah. Which was like, huh, because he, not so much in the books. But so you got to think that, like, I don't know. He's come to appreciate what his uncle's trying to do with, like, I guess this guy's learning archery and that's probably cool for him. I mean, he's bad at it, but, like, imagine what like, he can at least draw back a bow credibly. Uh-huh. Like, he missed a target, but imagine w- what the guy started with, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's got him the Falcon and all that stuff. But they established he's such a nut job that would, like, okay, if you believe that him and Peter have this relationship, then Peter casting doubt on this guy, who is, like, a super lo- – it's like casting shade at Ned Stark, you know? Yeah. Like, this guy's, like, that kind of moral cal- uh, caliber, and this guy's shitting his pants. And, and you're the usurper. Like, you're yes. like coming in and trying to manipulate the Yes. He's like, oh, you still think that you can call me on the carpet and you think this yeah. is like, you know, no, I'm shutting this shit down. Oh, that was amazing. And the, just the it's a, he's got Robin wrapped around his finger, although that also scares me because Robin is such a wild card. Well, and the fact that they're going to go invade Winterfell, that's interesting. I mean, I'm just saying he's a loose cannon. Like, it, yeah. If if Peter Baelish does something he doesn't like, but that that's the thing. Fly. He might fly. If I accept the position of the pieces on the board right now, I can't imagine the pawn that is uh the 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 Aaron boy, Robin Aaron. Yeah. I can't imagine him ever checkmating, you know, Littlefinger's king. Like, how the hell? Checkmate. He just needs to flip the table. Uh, I like, guess. But I I feel like I, <laughs> you remember when the uh it's I feel like it'd be like your dad and Arthur he just grab his hand like no Robin you can't flip the table you can't flip the table that's what he'd do he'd just he shut that's the that's the matchup we're looking at is simpleton against his mastermind and he's just right. not going to let it happen yeah but I wish you guys know what happens yeah I wish you guys could all appreciate that little personal moment from our from our history it just feels like to me Littlefinger is meddling with forces that he thinks he has a good master uh huh. But it's it's still playing with fire. Uh-huh. Like, fire is a dangerous thing. Although, only to some people, apparently. Let's talk about Danny. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. 
the thrills of King's Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. We're about 10 weeks out from House of the Dragon Season 2, and it's time to prepare for war. Which in our case means, well, watching a lot of hot D and reading a lot of fire and blood. Each week between now and June 16th, Maester Anthony and his co-host Steve are hosting a watch of each episode of Hot D Season 1. And then me and Jim are going to host a discussion of the differences between the events on that episode and how they're recounted in George R.R. Martin's historical tome, Fire and Blood. That's right, I've resorted to reading dragon books. God help us all. We'll see if my fresh eyes add any new insights or predictions into Season 2. Arm yourselves with all the lore you can for the battles ahead. House of the Dragon returns June 16th, but we've got you covered until then. Check out all of our upcoming Hot D coverage on the Hot D feed or on Bald Move Pulp, available wherever you listen to podcasts. So you know exactly. Oh, okay, so l- let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What did you think? George R. Martin, you are a straight-up liar. What do you think of the scene? Absent, absent this b- debate. I, I, I think it's great. Okay. I, I thought, you know, at first I was like, why is she so smug in this scene at the end? Why is she so, like, I'm going to rule you guys? Yeah. And then I realized, oh, yeah, okay. So, like, as soon as she walked between these two fire things, I was like, She's going to do something with those. Is she going to, like, put her hands in it and say, kneel before Zod? So did you think that the whole place going up like a piece of wicker furniture was unbelievable? No, but I think what happened is Jorah... Okay, good. ...stuck in and planted, like... Yes. Yes, some odorless, colorless accelerant. Uh, uh, fluid. (laughs) Why does it smell like... uh, Start logs. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Why does it smell like someone's barbecuing in here? Um, I... Yeah, no, I got the because I was about ready to call like what the fuck, but then it's like oh that's how how they were going to help her. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know if they'll ever establish it, but I they did enough for me to like okay. I felt like as a piece of cinema, it was pretty damn awesome. Yeah, and uh, it calls back to her fire immunity and the fact that uh, you know Targaryens are fireproof. Back that was hinted at in the first season. Hundred percent absolute fact. Now she is fireproof. And here's the thing. Um, but I gotta say that that is such a huge shock as a, not just a book reader, but someone who's actually dug deeper into the lore because Martin has gone on record many, many times liar, saying that Targaryens are not fireproof. And this thing with Danny was a one-time magical event tied to the birth of the dragons and the blood magic and either, well, that could still be true in the books. And this is a much, much simplified and more cinematic version of of the complicated horse trading and, but if like in the book, Drogon comes down and sets the hut on fire because Danny mentally summoned her or whatever, that's just as cool. So it's like it's got to be right. something kind of different. I feel like this is just Lindelof and Cruz saying it's not purgatory, guys, and swear <laughs> it's not purgatory. Well, that's what I'm saying. I wonder because that that is going to change a lot of game because I I think there's a lot of people that just take like if Martin like he could always just shut the fuck up if right. if he's and instead of lying. Like I think that's the way you go as a. Cruise. 
creator. You don't, oh shit, they're on to me. Oh no, that's never going to happen. Like that's because like the only reason I don't like that scene at all. And I didn't like it viscerally because it just came out of like left field. I did feel like a kid that just found out there's no Santa Claus. Like you lied to me. Right. But it was pretty fucking cool. It was really cool. And if there is a big complicated thing to get, I don't, I mean, that might be the way to go for television because, man, a lot of stuff that happens in Marine is ponderous. It's super interesting and engrossing once you get through the bummer that it's just like, well, Danny's just never going to leave this fucking place. And you're like, go through the second read, kind of like, all right, I'm going to roll up and get all the like minutia. If you're going to, you're going to, you're going to serve it up to me, George, I'm going to fucking eat it. It's like, oh, okay, this is actually a much more complex situation and it's kind of interesting from a political intrigue but for television this might be the way to go because it was fucking cool it was super cool that image of her walking out buck naked again and like all bronzed and twice now and 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 now it's the whole like there was some pitiful calisar that saw it before it's just a bunch of invalids and old people and sick this is the whole nation like hundred thousand strong getting on the knee and his blood riders like all of them pretty cool they're all like she that's the bigger thing like aside from me being vindicated in my mm-hmm. fuck you she's fireproof yeah uh yeah rising she now has a hundred thousand army strong like, yeah maybe more depending on i wonder what I, like i it's i thought it was in light of what happened in the end of the episode i went back and thought you know when Tyrion said take this offer that you will not get a better one i'm like oh ho, 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 no shit man <laughs> like you think we're driving a hard bargain with like four to five thousand unsullied wait till we got a hundred thousand dothraki screamers at her back like it's yep. gonna be a sh- it's oh it's gonna be so awesome yeah i can't wait for her to return ah <sighs> it's gonna be so too bad those fucking boats weren't burnt or we could go tomorrow <laughs> I think they'll get it's like it's like it's like my dad says we're going to Disney World and the fucking station wagon shit out uh, five miles from home and it's like oh man we're gonna it's like that's just not fair that is not fair <laughs> yep, that sucks but you know it's happening to bad people about all I've got with. but but I mean just the fact that like if <clears throat> I mean because it's unknowable right now whether this is gonna happen in books or not but the fact that the that Martin could be lying to us. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to impact a lot of, like, I got to go back and review all my conspiracy theories and whatnot, but, like, man, I can imagine that shut off a whole avenue of de- debate and discussion and just been, like, a, a non-starter. Yeah, it kind of poisons the well for yeah. something that is backing your claim. So I'm, I'm wondering if George is going to come down from the mountains and give a state of the book, because sometimes he does that when he, something he like uh, Double D's Burn Shireen, he comes down and like, hey, you know, the book's like the show, and some people are alive, some people are dead. Like, I wonder if he's going to do another one of those. Like, you know, Targaryens are fireproof in the show, and the book's not so much. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, he needs to, I think. Yeah. But I also wonder, like, what kind of, like, What's the fan reaction as far as a book reader standpoint? Because I didn't, I didn't cheat and look at Reddit or anything, but like, there's probably going to be a fucking meltdown thread, and oh, yeah. that's like the third and four episodes now. And I, I wonder if this is going to herald a larger fracture. Like, I, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it, it was cool, and it gets me where I kind of want the story to go. So I'm very much fine with it. And everything about the Sansa John stuff, the little thing, that that stuff all hit really well with me. Yeah. We didn't talk. The one thing we didn't talk about is um, Marjorie and uh, Ty- Loras. Yeah. Uh, I 
I don't quite know exactly what's going on there. I didn't. They're just holding out. Like she's trying to get him to hold out so they won't be shamed before they come. Right yeah, I kind of think it's yeah. And I, well, just to kind of like you can't. You can't whatever they want, like if they're wanting you to do a walk of shame or confess to your sins, like you can't do it because the only reason we have power is because our family means something. The only reason our family means something is because, you know, we're not going to give in to these fuckers. Right. So she's just like, you know, essentially trust in my, you know, in our grandma and in my husband and all that stuff. And Kevin Lannister, who I got to say, if his voice had a nice Tywin ring to it, like the whole, like, you know, you, I I can't even like, he's got this thin reedy voice. It's just, he might be 99% as smart as Tywin, but until he can, you know, level that dead eye at you and have that Tywin voice. Yeah, you know, we've discussed this, and we, we you cannot be on the small council. It's just not. I mean, Taiwan can say the same damn thing, but in Taiwan, you like sit up straight. Yeah, this guy, you're like, what? What? Yeah, you know, it's kind hand of, of the king. He needs a mitten. He's wearing them. <laughs> uh, it's also it also has to be eating at Cersei. Mm. Every single day that Marjorie stays in there is another day that she held out where Cersei couldn't. Well, but you know, Cersei has her reasons for yeah. Getting she's a mom, and that's kind of like something she might use to her advantage later. That uh, I can, I did this, and but I wonder. She just wanted to. What do you? What do you think of the plan? The plan? Yeah. Kill the High Sparrow, and this is violent. Yeah. I, all, I'm all for it. But that can't go as planned. I, but I can't also see how the sparrows are going to stop them because we've no, talked about the bathrobes and the hammers. That's not going to stand when you got plate armor and knights. And right. But it can't go as planned. How's it going to fuck up? Is, is Are Jamie and Cersei going to make it fail at the end so that Marjorie dies and the high spirit? Like, oh, I can see that, yeah. Oh, that'd be Cersei a bummer. Purposefully getting Marjorie killed. Yeah. Oh, that would be a bummer because Marjorie's one of, the more, one of the more interesting players. Yeah. And then what would that do? Like, I don't know. Is it going to be a Lannister takeover to, to Tyrells? So they got Dorn. We haven't to see it though. Haven't got any Dornish updates for a while. That's right. They talked about him last episode. I'm gonna get a snake in a box pretty soon. <laughs> Again, that's so passe. Right. That's so season five. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think uh, be lots to talk about on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested in seeing like how much shit is lost and how uh, whether people can be like, you know what. Surprised not how it goes down in the books, but it, on the screen it's still a pretty cool visual. And yeah, maybe I'd rather if Drogo, Drogon had gone, you know, flown down there and set it on fire. But yeah. Danny doing it because she's fireproof and asbestos—that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like it would have had more impact with Drogon flying in. I wonder, but saving her. On the other hand, this is like something that Danny did herself. Now, granted, it's right. because she's got a superpower. Which yeah, and and it would have had the same effect had Drogon burnt that building and she walked out. Except now she's got a giant <laughs> giant black dragon. That's what I'm saying. I mean, right. like like the fact that she's magically fire resistant versus magic fire resistant and has a giant battle dragon or beck and call. Like they're both, you know, like she wasn't going to think her way out or while her way out of that. She had to do something. So right. I mean, yeah, she was. I mean, aside from. Like I, I don't know if she gets out of that without Jorah and Dario. I, I, it's just a bummer because I felt like um, Danny's arc would have been arguably cooler if she had just been her, just kind of queened her way out of this situation. 
Yeah, she just didn't have the authority to do it at that point. No, but I'm saying, like, just going back from, like, instead of having her ride off on Drogon, which is cool, but then get captured, and, you know what I'm saying? Like, just make it to where her own moves kind of saved her instead of, again, if she's any other fucking woman on the Earth, she's dead. Sure, sure. (laughs) It's like, that's... But it was fucking cool. So rural cool is just strong enough that. that woman. So you, yeah, you know. that's true. That's true. Yep, yep. Go for it. Uh, uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, a Game of Thrones at baldmove.com. We've got feedback, or there's forums.baldmove.com. We got a spoiler thread and a non spoiler thread. Keep them separated. Uh, we'll, I, yeah, we'll, we'll probably have a lively discussion on Tuesday, too. I imagine so. All right, well, we will see you guys then. So, hey, this turned out to be a longer-than-average Insta podcast. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like, what the hell, how long does it take them to get this thing posted anyway? It's usually out by now. And uh, I just want to remind everyone that uh, you, you could have watched it at least 34 minutes ago because that's how long it took us to record the podcast. And then got, that's if Jim was instantaneously editing and posting out, which we know that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, if you join the club, club.baldmove.com, we include live video feeds of all of our podcast recordings, including the instant take. It's the fastest way to get it. If you got to have that, oh my God, I got to talk about Game of Thrones feeling out of your body. Uh, lots of other cool features like ad-free podcasts. You never have to hear me hawk audiobooks or mattresses or automated website features or our own shitty club ever again uh, with our ad-free feeds lots of bonus content we're posting something almost every day uh for exclusively for club members uh we're watching the new x-men movie not this week but next week uh we have a spoiler filled reviews of those the night before they're released so they're ready to go uh for your uh, listening pleasure after you get out of theater on opening weekend lots of cool stuff at club.baldmove.com and it's just a buck a month if you buy a year it's two bucks a month if you go month to month it's it's hard to beat it's like we literally can't price it lower we would we would be just giving all of our money to to visa and square and paypal if we did so so club.baldmove.com uh it's the only way we're able to produce the podcast that we do for you guys and we appreciate your support thanks